Great. Well, it's exciting this morning to be able to introduce you my friend uh, Paul, who's here with his wife, Alison. Paul's just sitting there. Do you want to give a wave? Hello. So um, I'm sharing the ministry this morning. Paul comes from uh, South Manchester Family Church. He's uh, my prophetic friend. I've got all sorts of friends. He's one of my prophetic friends. So, uh, so uh, he'll be speaking uh, after I do a brief introduction. So, uh, so we have uh, plenty of time. We'll crack on. And I'm just going to read a few verses from 1 Corinthians 12. So uh, Paul, Paul set the topic this morning. But interestingly, he's uh, picked exactly the, the, the same or similar topic to that which Gordon's been speaking to us about from time to time as we've had a fresh look at the whole topic of um, spiritual gifts. So by way of introduction... Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, I'm reading verse 4 to 6. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And then he goes to talk about, or on to talk about various uh, so-called gifts of the Spirit. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing fact that when you become a Christian, you don't just subscribe to a new philosophy. Uh, you don't get a religion. You put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as the one and only Savior. You, you, you make him Lord of your life. But something supernatural happens it's a supernatural event. The Spirit of God comes and lives within you. Uh, so being born again isn't a kind of certain kind of Christian. <laughs> it is a Christian. <laughs> That's the only kind of Christian there is, is, is that the, the Spirit of God brings to life that which was dead. That's what the Bible says. I was dead in my trespasses and sin, and, and he made me alive. He awakened my conscience. Even the fact that I felt guilty and, and convicted convicted that I needed a saviour was God at work in me uh, and, and if you think about it that's a pretty amazing thing that most of us Christians never think about that the God who flung stars into space the God who said let there be light is kind of living in you and me if you've trusted in Jesus as your saviour I mean just ponder that it's pretty amazing isn't it especially as he knows you even better than you know yourself. And we've all got bits of us that maybe we would be a bit embarrassed if the person just a few along the line from you knew about. But God knows all about that, and yet he deigns to live in us. That, that is just a, a wonderful, gracious thing, isn't it? That God would live in us, because we know that we're a bit iffy, to use a theological phrase, aren't we? We have those bits of us... That, that aren't the finished work yet because the Spirit of God is actually, he saved us and he's still saving us from our sins and he will save us ultimately because what he starts, he finishes. So we don't need to panic. He, he, he who begun a good work in us will finish it. And, 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 but the Spirit of God is working in us. He's working in us to produce a Christ-like character, make us more like Jesus so the fruits of the Spirit goodness, faithfulness, kindness, patience, and so on. Galatians 5, we looked at those when I was, well, I can't remember what congregation I was speaking, but anyway, we've looked at them. They're all there in Galatians 5. He's working us to produce Christ-like character. He's working in us, and, and he will get us there. But he's also working in us through these gifts 
these supernatural enablements that enable us to represent God to the world. And to, so that when we gather together, that the, it says in Corinthians, people might even say, wow, there's, there's something about you lot. It's a bit wacky. I don't really understand it. But it seems like God is here amongst you somehow. Uh, and and that's, that's the, the kind of purpose of these gifts. And Paul writes to the Corinthians uh, because they needed help getting it all sorted out. Uh, lots, so much was happening and it wasn't happening in a very orderly way. Uh, sometimes we can be the opposite, that we want things so orderly that nothing actually happens. Uh, but, so we, we're not in the same danger as the Corinthians. So uh, I want us to value, most of all this introduction is, I want us to value that God is at work in us. And I don't know about you, but I reckon most of us would find it easy. We won't do it because it's a bit corny. Most of us would find it easy to turn to someone next to us and say, God is at work in you. We find it harder to look in a mirror and say, God is at work in me. But, but he is. That's the truth of it. And there, there are just a number of words here that I want to um, outline and I'll hand over to, to uh, Paul to be Paul. So uh, the first one is in verse 1. He, calls, he talks about gifts of the Spirit. The Greek language, it's... Uh, uh, pneumaticos, like pneumatic drill uh, or, or pneumatic tires, tire with air or wind or spirit. They're gifts, literally, it's spirituals, things from the Spirit of God. Uh, and the point is, whatever gifts you have, the source is God. All the, uh, the, the abilities, the enablements that he, he, he then goes on to list. And, and isn't it amazing that it's God himself that wants to work through you and I. He, he actually, what some of us, I can see already, is a bit of a kind of, you sure? But it, no, he really does. God himself wants to work through you and I. What an awesome privilege it is to be used by God in any way whatsoever. That, they're, they're gifts of the Spirit. They're, they're his, his breath in us. He wants to work through us. God is the source. Then in verse 4, he says, there are different kinds of gifts. And he uses a different word, the charisma, which literally means things of grace. These, these gifts that he goes on to list, they're things of grace. You might say they're, they're gracelets. They're drops of God's grace. In other words, they're not, they're not merited. They don't earn applause. They're, they're not deserved. You haven't trained uh, although you can develop a, any gift, but, but you haven't trained and, and, and grasped hold of it, God gets the credit. So whatever gifts we have, you don't, you don't deserve applause. If, if, if you went out this morning and, and there was someone outside in, in trouble and you prayed for them and by God's grace they were healed, you, you, you don't get any applause for that because the source is God. And God gets all the credit. It's all of God's grace. I have heard, occasionally heard people talking a lot about my gift, my gift, my gift. It's the wrong emphasis. <laughs> it's, it's his gift he's given to you. The postman gets no credit for having a parcel. It, 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 do you see what I mean? You see what I'm saying here? It's, it's all from him. He's the source. He gets the glory as he works amongst us. Then in verse 5, he talks about different kinds of service which is diakome, a bit of a Greek lesson. I'm actually not very good at languages, but um, I did my best. Uh, different kinds of service. In other words, these, these gifts aren't, aren't really about us. They're from him. He gets the credit. Other people get served. That, that's the point of, of gifts, not primarily. It's, it's very satisfying to use any gift that God has 
given you, because that's why he's given it to you. But, but that's, it's not really about us. It's about serving other people. So that whatever gifts God is wanting to give to you or has given you, it, and they enable you with just with your personality, because God knows your personality, to serve other people. In fact, in fact the greatest gift, Paul talks about wanting the greatest gift. The greatest gift is the one that enables you to serve others. So my greatest gift might not be your greatest gift. It's not like a league table. The greatest gift is the one that enables you, with your personality, to serve others. Uh, hanging around downstairs during the week, I see um, the, the drop-in cafe. I see some amazing gifts of hospitality. Just amazing. People, people greeting others who come in, uh, all shapes and sizes, uh, uh, and people get greeted with the love of Jesus. Now, I visit quite a lot of churches, and quite a lot of churches you get a warm hello and a, and a welcome sheet. But sometimes you, you go and you, you meet the love of Jesus in the person welcoming you. And I, I can't, it's a bit touchy-feely, I know, but it's true nonetheless. <laughs> because, because someone with a gift of hospitality, kind of, they see the value in welcoming someone with the love of God. And it, it's, a, it's a different thing. It's a great, it's a great gift to have. But it, but it enables that person to serve. And so, so with all the other kinds of gifts, gifts of service. Then he says in verse 6, different kinds of workings. And the, the word is energy. The gifts show God at work. They display what God is like. That's the purpose of the gifts. So if, if someone has a gift of faith, that... It, the, the credit doesn't go to them. It's a gift that, that enables them to trust God and displays that God can do the impossible. Does that make sense? So it's about God. If someone has a gift of giving, it's a divine enablement to enable them to, to give generously and more than generously. But that shows that, that it shows a God who loves to provide for us. A gift of healing shows a God who loves to heal. A gift of help shows, shows a God who's very interested in practical care. A gift of, gift of hospitality show, displays a God who loves to open his arms to the stranger and welcome them back. A gift of knowledge shows, displays a God who knows everything about us. Do you, do you see? So, so these workings show the, the energy of God. They place God on display amongst us and in the community as well. And the last word is manifestations, which is a funny old word, phanerosis. Really weird. And it literally, literally, I'm told it means the dancing hand. The dancing hand, the, the hand of God. It's, it's a dynamic thing. I, I think, this is my personal view, I can't prove it from scripture, I, I think there are gifts that people just have, <laughs> just have them. But, but that's a kind of static view, a positional view, but I think it's a dynamic thing that actually in a different, in whatever situation you're in, God can give you the gift that is needed in that situation. And that, that's exciting, isn't it? That, that, you, that, that oh, I really need to know what to do. God, give me wisdom. And the God who gives liberally gives wisdom to those who ask him, and so on and so forth. So, so God has a huge variety, different manifestations of how he works. Some are very public, some not so public. You can re read the list for yourself. Helps, care, much more, much maybe less, less visible, but all vital to showing our God. And don't we want to do that? 
I think it's amazing that God is at work amongst us. Let's value the work of God in each other. And let's try and value the work of God in you. It's worth asking, what, what, what grace lit has God given me? What, what gift can I reach out and ask him for? Because he's a very generous God and wants to work amongst us, yes, but through us to others in our communities. So that's my uh, brief introduction. So can we welcome Paul as uh, he takes up the baton and <laughs> speaks about whatever he wants to share. You don't need this, do you? No. Thank you. Nice shirt. Thank you. Paul gave it to me. <laughs> shall I tell you the story? No. Okay. Yes. If you want to shall I? Yes. Yeah. I don't mind getting okay. I don't have permission from the boss, so I don't... Thank you. I feel that God telling me that I've got to tell the story now. Yeah. You can't argue with that, can you? It's his fault. It usually is. Uh, well, I, I, we came to something a, a while ago, and um, I stayed with you guys, and... The neighbour, I think a neighbour was very uh, precious about their shrubbery, was that right? It's my shrubbery. Yeah. But it's his shrubbery. And um, there was, uh, not an altercation, but there, there was a bit of upsetness around. Um, so when I got home, I, I, I bought Richard this shirt so he could be camouflaged, so he could hide in the shrubbery <laughs> and, and, and do some necessary work without the neighbours seeing him. So that's... that's uh, yeah. Anyway, so, now you know. Sorry, Debbie. I'll forgive you. OK. In time. Can I just pray? Can we just pray? Yeah. Uh, Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you're for us, that you're with us, and that you give us good stuff. They're always good. Everything good comes from you. And we thank you. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, you just speak to us. Lord, thank you for reminding us of your grace and your gifts and the fruit, the fact that you reside within us. Just pray, come and speak to us now. Come and fill us afresh. Just be receptive. We want to hear from you, Lord Jesus. I pray, just open us up, Lord. Open our minds, our hearts to hear and to do what your word says to us. Amen. Amen. Okay. So I've, we, we're on a fairly tight schedule, I believe, because you've got another, another group, wait, hordes, waiting to come in at uh, when the next session. So, uh, so we've heard God is good to us, isn't he? Yes. And uh, he comes, he sends his spirit and gives us gifts, produces fruit in us and through us, but... I believe God wants us to start to recover some things. Yeah. So this is what I feel, word for you, I'm going to bring virtually the same, similar thing, uh, <coughs> I was going to say next door, the next meeting. Um, I believe God wants for you, us, to recover something that's maybe been a bit lost. Okay, and I'll explain that. So have you ever lost anything or broken anything, something that wasn't yours? Yeah, yes, okay. I have, I've got a story. So I, I, um, I remember I borrowed a chainsaw. I had some twigs and a tree that I wanted to cut down. We moved to our house. There were some uh, old uh, apple trees. And they weren't producing any fruit, I think. 
we need to get rid of them, and lots of other stuff. And I thought, I need to borrow a chainsaw. A friend in the church, as he was a fellow elder at the time, he's not around anymore. I mean, he's still alive, he's just moved. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's around. Uh, and he lent me his chainsaw, he said, I've got one. He said, I've got a chainsaw, brand new. I thought, mm, okay. Uh, I'm not very good with stuff and certainly not very good with power tools, so I was a bit nervous. Alison was very nervous, like ready to dial, you know, the emergency services. Anyway, so we got, the, got it. I said, thank you so much, it's fantastic. This is going to be a breeze. And so I was having a go and I thought, it's not very good, this. It's a bit, it's not cutting, even the twigs. I, thought, I was really pressing down and it was making some burning smells and it wasn't the wood it was the machinery and I tried the I tried the tree and I thought it's just not cutting it literally and I thought I've broke I've broken it I don't know what I've done I don't know what I've done I've broken it I think what am I going to do it's brand new and it costs quite a bit of money so I phoned up today I said look I said so, I, I think I may have broken it it's not working so I get he came picked it up took it home later that day he, he, he didn't look over happy but he's a fellow elder, so he had to try. <laughs> and and uh, he phoned me up later today. He said, Paul, Paul, Paul. He said, good news. He said, it's not broken. I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus. I said, well, what was it? He said, I put the chain on the wrong way round. <laughs> thinking, oh, thanks. <laughs> I thought I'd broken it. So, yeah, anyway, phew. I hadn't broken it. And I just want to very quickly look, because this will accentuate the point, uh, of a story in Two Kings about an axe head that got sunk, that got lost. You probably know the story. So if you want to turn to 2 Kings 6, um, starting at verse 1 through to 3. Um, yeah. So, the company of the prophets said to Elisha, so he had a company of prophets, a school of prophets, look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let's go to Jordan, where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place for us to meet. So they want it extended where they meet, because it's too small. And then they said, he said, go. And then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? Please come with us, we need you, Elisha. The place where we dwell with you is too small for us. So these guys, these, I, mean, I, think, I guess they were guys, I don't know, guys in the generic term, they had a sense of something greater than where they were at the moment. And I believe God is saying that to us and to you, having a sense of something greater than where you are at the moment. They had a sense of adventure that something amazing could happen. And they went for it and they found a new place and they didn't leave it to others. They did it. They did it. They didn't say, Elisha, you need to go and sort this out for us. They said, we need a place that's bigger, it's too small. And they worked together. And then in, chapter, in, in verse uh, 4 to 7, they, the story is they went with, he went with them and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick, threw it in, and made the iron float. Therefore, he said, Pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. So here we have a story of School of Prophets. This place is too small for us. Now, you've moved into a fantastic new building. It's amazing. But it's too small for you. I'll just throw that one out. What does that mean? Could be too small. You could have multiple meetings. 
as in there's a world out there that needs you yeah. and what you've got and what you're carrying and the Lord wants to start the recovery process of recovering something that is giving you that maybe we've maybe sunk over the last couple of years. We'll see. So he lost the accent. He was worried sick because he borrowed it. But the word borrowed can actually mean something that was longed for or prayed for in that context. Or a gift that was asked for. So here we have this guy who asked to borrow it. And the, the, the situation is it could have been a gift that was asked for, but he'd lost it. But what did God do? He restored it and recovered it. So some of us may feel that the stuff that we once, once longed for, or we prayed for, or moved in, and it's changed somehow, or it's disappeared, or it's even sunk. It's even sunk. We've just, we, it's just gone without our reach. What's happened to it? A lot's happened over the last couple of years. Hasn't it? Or not. Things have changed. Or some, even at the outset, think, my, this, even at the outset, this is way beyond my reach. You've heard about some of the gifts this morning. You're thinking, you may have sat there thinking, this is way beyond my reach. It's way, way out there. I can't get it. God's going to have to do something. Or before the last couple of years, I was really enthusiastic. I wanted to see things happen, and I still do. But my energy levels have just dropped away. You feel like that? Suddenly, I do. Suddenly, I'm going for it, and then poof! Now, I think that's a bit of a spiritual thing. I think it's a, a, a mental health thing, a whole range of things. But what's happened in the last two years has really changed stuff in us. Yeah. God wants to restore something. Yeah. Very good. So I believe that Jesus today wants to raise that gift. He wants to raise that energy. It needs recovering and re-exposure. And for others, it'll be a sense of purpose or faith. For others, it'll be to regain energy and a capacity for what God has got for you and through you. Is that all right? See, God can do all things. He can make iron swim. So he can do it. It's not beyond the realm of possibilities. Just by using a stick. So sometimes, you know, what what did the man of God say he didn't get the iron axe to float across to the guy. He said, reach out your hand and take it. And God's saying to us this morning, it's time to reach out your hand again and take what I'm raising up again. Take what I'm raising up. Are you ready for that? Yeah. Do you want that? That's great. <laughs> the place was too small to grow. You see, it means that God gets us involved in his miracles. In a minute, I've got, I've got a couple of words for people that are here. Hopefully they would be encouraging. No, they will be encouraging. Um, but it's like anything, a gift. I'm stepping out into the unknown. I don't know, most of you I don't know. It's, it's a gift. I, I, when I step into that place, I think it's all you, God. I believe, that, I believe you give me this, but I'm just... I'm submitting it to you, and then you do with it what you will. I've just got to be obedient that's what it is. But sometimes it's difficult to be obedient, isn't it? The Holy Spirit, you see, someone reminded me last week, this illustration of the Holy Spirit like a gas boiler. Uh, obviously those things are going to be phased out at some point, I guess, with the prices and everything else. Um, but you see, a gas boiler was never just designed to run on a pilot light. You don't have a gas boiler in your building, you think it's fantastic. And then everyone comes around, you all gather around the boiler. 
and hugged the boiler. The, I'm feeling some heat from that pilot light. Oh, that's really good. That's better than my pilot light. That is great. <laughs> no, what was it designed to do? It's designed to have an explosive power, not literally. But there's an explosion of fuel and power and fire that changes the atmosphere and brings life into your building. Isn't that right? That's what, that's what the Holy Spirit does yeah. in us. And that's what he wants to recover in us today. That explosive, dynamic, yeah. dynamite power mm. of the Spirit. Spirit's come, so we need a fresh encounter with God. You see, when the Spirit moves, we do stuff. Once there was a temple built for the presence of God, now you are the temple. Yes. You are the temple of the Spirit. Yeah. And that river of life flows out from you and me to a needy generation Oh, I just, love, I just love God so much. I just love the Holy Spirit. <laughs> uh, you know, and actually we think, oh, get filled, you know, let's get filled, let's come Holy Spirit. Yes, there's that well, well of water that overflows and we want to be filled from above. The, the Holy Spirit can come upon us. But it's not just so that we can feel happy and content. I think, oh, that was a great meeting. Oh, I just felt, I was glowing. And there was, I, I felt a bit tingly. Actually, maybe it's because I talked too much and I was hyperventilating. No, no maybe it's the spirit. And, and, and I felt tingly and oh, the God was there. And the preach was good. I can't tell you what it was about, but it was really good, you know. And the meeting was great, the worship was great. And, and, and I sense of God, and I feel really good. That's going to last me all week now. No, that's not what it's for. That's not what it's for. I'm sorry. It's not just to make you happy. The Holy Spirit, I'm sending the Holy Spirit, guys. I'm going, I'm sending the Spirit so you can be happy and content. And have a good, you know, just have a top up. No, it's saying, go and make disciples. <coughs> Power of God. Yeah. There's a mandate on you and me to make disciples. For you, this wonderful city, to make disciples. Amen? Amen. What does encounter with the Spirit look like? Sometimes, I've heard it said, sometimes it can come different ways. Suddenly, explosively, or slowly, like a sunrise. So suddenly, if you're in a meeting thinking, oh, I don't, I'm not feeling anything, well, it's not about feeling. You take it by faith. You take it by faith. So I'm taking this by faith. But sometimes the, the expression of the Spirit will come suddenly, or it'll be like a sudden a sunrise. Yeah. Whoa, there it is. There he is. But we have to be thirsty for the Spirit. Are you thirsty this morning? So if, and, and some people think, I'm going to take a cup, this is the Spirit, a cup of water, right, a cup of water. Uh, I did have one. Yeah, I'm going to use this as an illustration. So you fill the cup up with water, and I think, there's the cup. And... No, it's not, not doing it. That's not how the spirit works. I have to go. Yeah. Ah. You have to drink. You have to drink it. It doesn't some, somehow magically come from there to there. And some of us think, right. I'm still waiting for the spirit. And she said, well, well, drink it then. Yeah. Take a drink. Funny illustration, but uh, making the point. We, t- we need to drink. In Revelation... It said, the spirit and the bride say, come, 
and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes, who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life come. Do you wish to take the water of life? If you do, come and drink. We're going to drink in a minute. Ready? And if you're not really thirsty, that's okay. Ask. Say, Lord, actually, I want to be thirsty, but I don't feel thirsty. Make me thirsty, Lord. Make me thirsty for you. Hungry for the word. Thirsty for the spirit. I mean, it's all the same. They're not separate. The word and the spirit flows from us. Come, all who are thirsty. If you don't feel thirsty, we just ask God to come and fill us. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to finish there. I'm I just want God to... We've got to squeeze him into ten minutes now. <laughs> it just makes me smile. I mean, I know, we, I know we, you know, you hear say, we're giving the Holy Spirit some time now. We're giving him some space. Doesn't, he's here all the time. You yeah. brought him with you. Oh! That's novel, isn't it? And you know, when you go out, he doesn't stay here. He goes with you. And when you go to the workplace, whatever you've got on tomorrow, he's with you. You are bringing the light into the darkness tomorrow. Oh, yeah, you are. Unless you don't know him. If you don't know him this morning, then he's saying, come. Come and drink. Come and, come and know this. So I want to pray. Let's pray. And then I've got one or two words, and then we'll just see. Um, I, I, I would love you to, I want to ask you to respond in your heart to, I feel the key thing that God wants to emphasise again and to encourage us in is to recover something of the spirit in your life. And you may think, well, it feels okay, God. I've really been motoring through these last two or three years. Fantastic. But there's yet more. We can settle. And at any time in our lives that accent could just slip somehow. Something comes along, and we've got an enemy that just loves to try and knock things out of our hands. But we've got a mighty God. So I just love you. Just, just to say, I would love to ask you just to put your hands out. You don't have to do this, but in, a, in just a way to receive. And I'm going to ask for the Holy Spirit just to come and impart something afresh to us. And for me as well, that, that he recovers something of the spirit. For some, like I said, it's going to be a fresh sense of energy, even physical energy, to, to do what God's called us to do. Yeah. And, uh, and actually sometimes it's just an energy to enjoy him. It's not even to do stuff, it's to enjoy his presence. But then, of course, he'll ask us to go and do something. So Holy Spirit, I want to come and ask you, I want to come to your presence now, I want you to come here, we're in your presence Ask you, Holy Spirit, we love you so much. We just enjoy you so good to us, Lord. And I pray for each one of us here, Lord, that you, Holy Spirit, come. Come and open us again, Lord. Those that are closed down, those that have just disengaged somehow, we've disengaged. Sometimes, suddenly now, it feels too hard. It's been too tough. And we're tired. We seem to be tired all the time. I ask you, Holy Spirit, now, for those who are feeling that, and it's many of us, actually, 
I pray for a fresh encounter with you that brings a fresh Holy Spirit-given energy. Lord, and not just to recover us to the place that we once were, but beyond for something new and fresh. So I pray, Holy Spirit, I pray for an anointing of that over us. And I pray, Lord, for those who have disappointed, for those, Holy Spirit, who once were just passionate, more passionate than maybe we are now, and prayed more fervently and had a bit more faith and think, I, I, I want to see this happen, and somehow we've just, it's dropped. It's dropped down into the deep. And we think, oh, I can't seem to recover it, that thing that I once had. I pray, Holy Spirit, now raise it up, Holy Spirit. I'm in the Spirit, I'm throwing a stick on the water with these dear precious people. I'm throwing a stick on the water and the axe head is now rising. And Jesus says, right now, reach out and take it. And I just want to ask you to do something. This is, a, this is sometimes prophetic, it's a bit practical, it's a bit demonstrate. I want you to literally reach out and that thing, that whether it's energy, whether it's the gift, whether it's prayer, whether it's a situation you want to see breakthrough, and it's just like, God, where are you? I just want to ask you just to physically reach out like it's there and say, I'm taking it now, Lord. You've raised it back up. I'm, going to t- I'm taking it now. I'm taking it. I'm taking it back. I'm taking it, Lord. I'm, I want to be involved once again in your miracles. I want to be involved once again in what you want to do. Lord Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless you. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus.